Hello, and welcome to Nostalgia Arcana. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we'll look back on the movies, TV, games, people, and phenomena that we still love talking about all these years later, and ask ourselves why these bits of pop culture still enchant us today. This week, we'll be revisiting... You don't know what you got till it's gone. Like dinosaurs, power ballads once strode the earth. These colossi of rock music that are here no more, uh, but are still with us in spirit. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about this musical subgenre today. And uh, it's a family affair because I've got my wife, Amy Leaf, here with me. Hello. And uh, her brother, Kyle Lieberman. Hey, y'all. So I... You guys picked this topic. I think it's an awesome one. I want to hear from you. Let's start with you, Kyle, as to like why you wanted to talk about power ballads. Yeah, thanks for having us, Doug. We we really appreciate this. Uh, you know, me and Amy being siblings go back to the 80s with power ballads. So it kind of lives in us, lives in our brains and in our hearts since we were little kids. And it's really the music that we grew up on. We grew up on listening to Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and all those bands. So um, when Amy had the idea, I just thought it was amazing. And I know you've been doing podcasts, so I think it's a perfect fit. Yeah. Amy, do you want to talk about like your relationship to this music? Yeah. I mean, definitely something we experienced together. Like I think my um, experience with this wouldn't have happened without Kyle because he was kind of like my musical guide. So I feel like Anything he was listening to was what I was listening to. And at the time, I was like an eight, nine-year-old kid. So it's like, what do I know about rock music? Um, but here we were making making lists, much like we're about to talk about now, um, as an eight-year-old and a, an 11-year-old. And it just, it takes me back to, to that time in our lives. And it was just, you know, I feel like it was the, the first music that I fell in love with. Yeah, I remember making a playlist of this stuff for one of our, maybe like our third date, because I knew that you liked this kind of music. I remember going to the Griffith Observatory and and playing this in the car uh, on the way to and from. We're doing the format a little different today. So rather than sort of talk about the this stuff generically uh, or historically, I, I think we hit on a fun idea to make a, a list of our top five power ballads. And we're each going to go around and, and go kind of, you know, five, four, three, two, one, and talk about them and why we picked them. Kyle, I'm curious, what criterion did you use to make your list? Doug, that is such a great question, because when we started talking about this, you know, a few weeks or a month ago or whatever it was, it was really a matter of sort of defining what is a power ballad, you know, because there's ballads, you know, a, a ballad like I'm going to give some examples off here and hopefully they don't cross into some of our top fives, but like a, a an example of a great ballad is like more than words by extreme. I mean, wonderful song, great melody, great ballad, but we're talking power ballads here. So there needs to be, in my mind, there needs to be a power element to these type of songs. You know, then you take the other side of it, the power side and you go, okay, well, 
Enter Sandman by Metallica is a great song with a lot of power, but it ain't a ballad. So I think the key was sort of bringing in those two, which is power and ballad. So for me, a power ballad is a song that has a quiet verse and a big, powerful, loud chorus, usually with distortion guitar. And there usually has to be sort of a ballad element, um, something that like a one-to-one connection to a person, maybe love song. A, a good example of a song that would not be a power ballad, but is, is slow and does sort of cross off some of the things on the list would be, you know, the Guns N' Roses version of Knocking on Heaven's Door, right? It has a quiet verse, has a big chorus, but they're talking about Knocking on Heaven's Door. That's not a love song. So that wouldn't qualify. So I got pretty specific about that and I, I was able to create my list and, you know, we'll see how it matches up with you guys. Yeah. Did you pick like the, the five that were your personal favorites or ones that you thought like this is the best example of this or what music critics would say? Like, how did you pick these? That's such a good question because I had a hard time going back and forth with that. And I decided to pick my personal top five. Okay. And, and same question to you. How did you go about selecting these? Um, so... First, I want to respond to Kyle's point about like the definition of power ballad because I kind of took something a little different out of it. For me, it was more like big band who normally does rock songs who then decides to throw out a ballad. So our definitions might be a little different, which might make our lists a little different. So we'll see kind of how that how that lies. But um, the way I picked my songs was my personal either the memories that came with that song or just like I love the melody so much or I love the lyrics so much that it can't not be in the list. Yeah, I had kind of the same struggle you did, Kyle, trying to figure out, you know, what exactly is a power ballad? It's not well defined. It's, you know, it's kind of like, well, if you're going to throw up a cigarette lighter at a concert that that you're on your way to being a power ballad. But like one song that came up in lists of power ballads sometimes was Stairway to Heaven. I'm like, well, it has, it is a ballad. It has the, the quiet part. It has the loud part. But it's also got a lot of stare, uh, Led Zeppelin like you know medieval fantasy motifs to it, so it doesn't feel like the subject matter really fits. So it, it is a real hard kind of needle to thread of like you know it when you see it. So maybe with that we'll we'll end up probably debating a lot about whether some of these we pick even count. But um, Kyle, why don't you start with your number five? My number five, sure. And I, I was thinking, and you can take this out later, Doug, if you want, but I was thinking we'd maybe go over some of our honorable mentions. But now that I think of it, I'm thinking maybe we wait because if I say an honorable mention, but then it's on Doug's list or Amy's list, then it kind of will be giving stuff away. So I will go ahead and start with my number five. Uh, so this is the, the first song here. Number five is goes way back to when I believe that power ballads sort of started, which to me is the early 80s. I look at songs from the 70s like um, like Stairway to Heaven or, uh, you know, even We Are the Champions, stuff like that. And to me, it feels a little a little premature. So um, my number five uh, is right out of 81, 82. It's um, Open Arms by Journey. It's hard to argue with that thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I remember I didn't encounter that song until I was a little older and it just started popping up. I think when 
Don't Stop Believing got a whole bunch of traction as like, oh, we're, we're this song's coming back with a vengeance and it's bringing the rest of Journey with it. Uh, so I think that's when I encountered it was probably in my 20s. Amy, any thoughts on um, Open Arms? Actually, the first time I remember experiencing this song is the cover that Mariah Carey did probably 10 years after it originally, 10, 15 years after it originally came back. I didn't even realize that it was a cover song. And then our cousin had it in or considered having it in her wedding. And I was like, you're using a Mariah Carey song in your wedding. And they were like, no, it's a journey song. So that was, (laughs) that was almost the song that maybe our cousins almost walked down the aisle or almost danced to it. I don't know if they eventually ended up using that song at all. Do you remember that? They ended up, they ended up using uh, up where we belong. Um, I don't know who sings that song, but very familiar with it. But yeah, I think Open Arms was in there and it just didn't quite fit. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But you're right, Kyle. It's a great example of the genre because it does contain all of the elements that you were talking about. It's a love song. It starts quiet. It hits loud. And you've got Steve Perry's inimitable, like just soaring vocals uh, that are just so, so strong. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. Uh, all right, um, Amy, what is your number five pick? Okay, so my number five pick. So my definition's a little bit different than your guys', so I don't know if they're gonna like end up landing on your list or not. But I will say like when I first started building my list, I just want to give a little disclaimer. I feel like I was just looking at songs that came out of 1989 and 1990. and then I was like, oh wait, it doesn't have to be from them, but it still ended up where it ended up. So anyways, my number five song, is Heaven by Warrant. Of course. I, I, I was kind of, I'd be shocked if you didn't pick that one. Yeah. I know you love that one. And I love that song. And I, I grappled with this because at the time, I feel like it was my most favorite song ever. And it was always the song that I like went to. And I do have a slash in here for I Saw Red as well, being <laughs> like a backup um, warrant song that I loved. But yeah, the song, um, I feel like maybe it was one of like the first, was it one of the first kind of powered ballads from the those like hair metal era yeah the hair metal i couldn't tell you chronologically which which one would come first um but yeah i mean that that, that's another tune that just sort of it's like again if you were to look up uh, the dictionary definition of power ballad i feel like that is another song that's like yes this is what that is yeah it's right there in the pocket such good lyrics good melody just like you want to put the the lighter up during the chorus and kind of like sway around and it just feels good. Um, and we, we went and saw Warrant a couple of times. <laughs> um, so yeah, just good memories, good song. Cool. Uh, so my number five pick is a song that I don't actually have nostalgic memories of. I had heard it or heard of it here and there. And then I started listening to the album. It was from fairly recently and realized like, oh, this is, this is really good. Um, the one I picked was Who Wants to Live Forever by Queen. Who wants to live forever? Who wants to live forever? 
I really like the song. It's interesting because it was written for the movie Highlander, which is about of a, this race of immortal beings. Queen did a lot, all the like rock songs on the soundtrack for that movie. Um, but it, the song really does this interesting double duty because it was written in 1986. And by that point, Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury already knew he was, you know, not long for this world because of HIV. And so you've got this like song about people who are literally immortal being sung by a guy who knows his mortality is, is coming up. And it adds this emotional layer to the song that maybe wasn't there to begin with, but is there now. So I, I just really like it. I think it's a very powerful piece of music. Very good. It's not a song that I think of often. And I don't know like if you asked me to list like my top five Queen songs, if it would even be in that list. But if it, yeah. Yeah, I had like an I, interesting choice. Yeah, I, I was when I thought of it, I was like, "Oh, this isn't this is an unconventional choice to some degree," um, but I thought, well, "I do want to have something on there that's sort of maybe different." Um, but so, yeah, uh, who wants to live forever? That's my my number five. Good choice. I'll kick it to number four. And if you notice, I I didn't say much when Amy was talking about Heaven by Warren, and that's because it's my number four. This song, I mean, really, this was. It's really in the the middle of the era to me. Like power ballads were like from the early 80s until about 90, 91. And 91 is, we started seeing Metallica enter Sandman. That's when Nirvana came out. Things started changing. Um, but Heaven, I mean, this is such a powerful song. They still play this song on the radio now here where I live in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, and it really checks off all of the things on the list. I mean, it's got a quiet verse. It's got a big chorus. It's got a guitar solo. And it has another verse in there. And it even has a key change at the end which just brings it up to another level. I mean, it's really one of my favorite songs of all time. I mean, and also, Amy, Warren, you said I Saw Red, but we cannot forget Sometimes She Cries is also oh, a great power ballad. Yes. yes, you're so right. That is a good one. That definitely goes Oh, deep. man, I yeah. feel like that's even better than I Saw Red. <laughs> Shoot. The thing about Warren <laughs> well, is that Warren, Warren really mastered the power ballads. I mean, they had some great rock hits. I mean, they had, you know, Cherry Pie. They had Down Boys. But every album that they came out with, and I was a pretty big Warrant fan up until Janie Lane passed away about 10 years ago. Every album had at least one or two very big power ballads. You know, Heaven, Sometimes She Cries, I Saw Red. There's a song called Blind Faith on the Cherry Pie album that's also a great ballad. But they just mastered it, and that's probably what made them a lot of money. Great choice. Uh, so I guess we'll move on to your number four pick, Amy. My number four pick is... When I See You Smile, my bad English. Sometimes I want to give up, want to give in. I want to quit the fight. And then I see you, baby. And everything's all right. Everything's all right. When I see you smile, I can face the world.
Another one I would have, I would definitely put on the list for you, just knowing you all these years. I mean, like I said, all of my songs are going to be like in this short time frame. I don't know exactly when it came out, but it must have been right around the same time as Heaven. And again, it's just one of those songs that the melody and and the the, the vocals, everything just kind of fits for me. And anytime I hear it, I kind of smile, and it's it's just a sweet song. My favorite thing about this song. Uh, is because I, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with this one back in the day. I learned about this song through you. Uh, if I, maybe I heard it here and there, but is now you play it in the car all the time, and the kids know the song to, really? to a degree. Yeah, like they know mommy's music. Uh, so I, I like hearing that one come up for them. That, that one's just, mm-hmm. you know, as you said, it's a really sweet song, and it's, it puts a smile on your face. Kyle, do you have an opinion on that song, or are you gonna hold your remark? <laughs> I'm going to hold my remark, but it, it, it's su- such a good song. So many good things to say about it, but I'm going to hold off for now. Okay. Right. <laughs> Noted. All right. Uh, so my number four, uh, I also went to the journey well, but I picked the other one. I went with Faithfully. I think this one and Open Arms are basically cousins. They're fairly similar songs in terms of their structure, their melody. I, I like that the song is about music itself. That's kind of the, the topic there. And the heights, again, that Steve Perry can get his voice to are, it's hard to believe a human being can make that sound. I'm not even familiar with that song, Doug. I mean, I might know it when I hear it, but I look forward to the you know, insert song here when we, you know, when, uh, this thing gets released, but I, I want to go listen to that song when we're done because I, I can't think of it. Yeah, you, as soon as you hear it, you'll go, oh, it's that one. You know, you'll you'll know it when you hear it for sure because they're they're pretty well known for for those two as their big ballads on top of "Don't Stop Believing" and I think "Wheel in the Sky." They have a few notable songs to their name. Uh, Amy, any thoughts on that song? I, I don't really have any experience with that song. I've heard it a few times, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. It just sort of feels like it's weird. It's weird that we we both kind of thought of one but not the other because they feel, they feel like such a pair uh, when you hear them. All right, Kyle, uh, you're number three. Yeah, that's interesting you say that, Doug, because there is some. I mean, like with the whole warrant thing with Heaven and you know I saw Red and stuff. It's like how can I put two songs from the same band in the top five? It's just not right. So I, we're probably not going to see Open Arms further for you in the top five. Is my guess. 
<laughs> okay. I will move on to number three um, and kind of sticking with what Amy said about 1989. I mean, a lot of my songs on here are coming right out of 88, 89, 90. Um, so this time we're going to go Bon Jovi. Um, bon Jovi, another band like Warrant who had a bunch of great power ballads. They actually had this really great ballad around 92, 93 called Always, which almost made my list, but not quite. But this is I'll Be There For You. Again, this checks all the boxes on on the list. I mean, it's got the slow verse, it's got the big strong chorus, and I think there's even a key change at the end where that chorus goes up a notch and it just feels even more powerful. Bon Jovi was a huge influence for me back in back in the eighties. I mean, you know, once we got into the nineties, I wasn't such a fan of their stuff. That you know, they're still playing now, and I'm sure they're rocking, but it doesn't quite do the same for me. But the New Jersey album with songs like I'll Be There For You, Living In Sin, uh, Lay Your Hands On Me, Born To Be My Baby. I mean, just great stuff. How do you, So I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes if this song is on their list. I'll say it's not on mine. But does Dead or Alive count as a power ballad? I, that's such a good question because um, it's a slow song and it's got a big chorus, but... It doesn't check off the the ballad for me because he's talking about he's being wanted dead or alive, which is so much different than the sentiment of I'll be there for you, something that he's singing to a person, a love song. So doesn't quite do it for me. Love the song. Phenomenal song, but not quite a power ballad for me. Yeah, I think it's questionable. It's sort of you're right. The subject matter isn't the normal power ballad subject matter. I mean, it's sort of a Western themed song and are certainly like country western ballads or like even like talking like from the actual you know wild west era ballads from back then but yeah it, it's sort of like it, you, you could make a case i for or against i don't know um same goes for on, on... blaze of glory same thing right and john bon jovi but same type of thing more of a western type of different vibe going on with that song well literally it was written for what young guns 2 i think correct yeah uh, Amy, any, any Bon Jovi thoughts you want to share? So I loved Bon Jovi at the time. I feel like that hasn't been like a band that has stuck with me over the years, like some of the other songs on my list. At the time, I had a poster of John Bon Jovi in my room. <laughs> and my mom liked Richie Sambora. Sambora, did I get that right? Um, the guitarist. So it was funny. Like, But yeah, uh, loved the songs. Uh, not, yeah, didn't. I had no idea idea your mom liked Richie Sambora. I I have a hard time picturing that because like my, our, our mothers are roughly the same age and I don't think my mom has liked any guitarist since like Paul McCartney. 
<laughs> I don't know that it was the guitar stylings of him, but more of the the looks, which uh-huh. is also interesting because it's like you don't think of our parents as you know people that find other people attractive. Let alone but, with like big feathered hair. Yeah, but I guess it, he did it for her somehow. Okay. <laughs> But I wonder if it's a I wonder if it's a guitar thing because strangely her favorite Beatle is George Harrison too. Oh, there you go. All I right. do think she was a fan of uh, Santana as well. So maybe she does. Huh? Maybe she did like guitarists. That, that might was be like it. her secret, like yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think okay. I think it's your turn, Abe. Oh, okay. All right. I hope I think this counts. Whatever. Um, so my number three, it's gotta be on Kyle's list. I, I would like bet money that this is on your list somewhere. Patience by Guns N' Roses. Shed a tear cause I'm missing you. I'm still alright to smile. Girl, I think about you every day now. Was a time when I wasn't sure, but you set my mind at ease. There is no doubt you're in my heart now. Said woman, take it slow, it'll work itself out fine. All we need is just a little patience. Said sugar, make it slow, and we'll come together fine. All we need is just a little patience. I, again, all three of these picks for you so far, I'm like, Amy's going to pick patience. She's going to pick the warrant song. It's got like, the, the whistling and the like just the beautiful voice and then it kind of kicks up towards the end and it's got like more of like a a beat like I don't know it's just oh you hear the song and you just oh I can't describe it it's one of their more mature songs too in terms of subject matter like you think of like rock and roll excess and you, the, the last word that comes to mind is like patience it's the same thing where it's like you think of the Rolling Stones singing oh you can't get all what uh, you can't always get what you want but when you try, sometimes you get what you need. When you go like, you guys have gajillions of dollars and like are drowning in all the genitals you can find. So like this song about moderation doesn't seem to make sense. But like it, it is a great, just anthemic piece. That's a, it's a great choice. Patience is great. Patience holds up today. I mean, it's probably one of my top three or four Guns N' Roses songs. I mean, maybe one of my favorite songs of all time. I mean, it's got the great verse, great chorus, the whistling. It's got this outro bridge kind of thing. Wonderful song. To me, going by my rules, it does not qualify as a power ballad because there's simply no power. It, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't really burst out of that. Not lower register, but you're right. It's like a, a down-tempo kind of song. It doesn't you know, get that thundering chorus you, you sort of think of. But I, I'm, I'm on the fence here as to whether it actually qualifies or not. I, I think you both made good cases for your position. The definitions. Yeah, yeah. it's tricky. It's I tricky. Mean, it's, a, it's a rock band that takes it down. What's that? I mean, just a ballad? I a rock ballad? Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I, I definitely see the, like, you got to pull out your cigarette lighter and hold it up when they play Patience. Like, I, I didn't put the song on my list, and I struggled with it because, again, it sort of was, like, sort of in a similar musical space. But I had uh, Dust in the Wind by Kansas, 
kind of kept going on and off my list as I worked on it. Because, but at the end, I figured that song even more so than Patience. It's it's all ballad and no power. So it was it was a uh, I ended sure. up having to take take it off. But yeah, pa- Patience I still think is an amazing song. Sure, sure. All right, my number three also features whistling. And I don't know what that says about power ballads other than I guess whistling is good to have in your song sometimes. So I went with Wind of Change by Scorpion. The world is closing in. Did you ever think that we could be so close like brothers? The future's Doug. I figured it's it's a great song. It's got this great kind of political side to it that you don't normally get in a power ballad because it's all about the fall of the Soviet Union. But it's still like even if you change all the lyrics around to be about something else, I think it would still be a great song because like the the instrumentation and melody are so good. Uh, it's, a, it's a good choice. I mean, Wind of Change, such a great song. I believe it was out in 1990. Scorpions were that might have been one of the last real hits that they had. Um, so good. The bridge to that song is great, and there's a lot of power in it. It kind of doesn't hit the list for me because it doesn't have that sort of sentimental, romantic type of, you know, I'll be there for you, or, you know, I don't want to give any way other songs that aren't on my list right now. But So it kind of doesn't fall in there, but I get why it would for someone. Yeah, pretty song. Subject matter didn't register uh, <laughs> for a 10-year-old, uh, but good song yeah i remember being shown the song or having it played for me probably back around then right in the early 90s and being told like this is about the fall of russia this means something and i was like okay i just like the song like it didn't it didn't register me back then either um but yeah so that was my pick great that takes us to kyle's number two all right, so going back to 1989, and of course, a song that Amy's already chosen, Bad English, When I See You Smile. I mean, to me, Bad English had two good songs, When I See You Smile and Price of Love. They're both big, giant ballads. And When I See You Smile had to be close to my top because, again, it checks off all the boxes. I mean, it's got that sentimental, romantic kind of thing going on. Um, it's got a quiet piano verse. It's got a giant... A uh, giant big chorus. It's got a guitar solo. I can't remember if there's a key change in there or not, but you know, I could really feel that song. I mean, when he sings "When I See You Smile," I mean, you could really feel it, and it just, it just, boom, boom, it just hits. Great choice, Amy. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I believe there is a key change in there towards the end of the song. So yeah, you're right. It does have all of the things, all of the key ingredients for a proper power ballad for sure. What is it about key changes that just feels so good? Like, why are they so satisfying? It's the uplifting feeling because you you typically don't see key changes that go down a key, but if you want to make it feel bigger, you bring it up a half step or up a whole step. 
know, that's an interesting point you just raised. I can't think of a song where there's a key change down. I have to go out and now I want to go try and find out if there are any because you're right that that, that is the point of doing it is to like have that uplifting moment of like oh oh my god here it comes it's you know things are exploding I'm gonna have to look that up while we're talking key change that goes down <laughs> I can see one in the middle of a song maybe definitely not the end but I, yeah I, I'm struggling to think of one that does it okay I'm gonna throw a random question out at you guys in the middle of this mm-hmm. favorite key change that you can think of. I'm not, I don't know that I'll be able to answer this, but I feel like you both will. Wow. Is that too hard a question? Do we need to come back to that? It's hard to do on the fly, for sure. Ones that you think of. Kyle, too hard? I mean, some of the ones that were already on our list, like Heaven is a good one. Uh, I'll be there for you. Uh, yeah, I think we would probably need some time on that one, but maybe we yeah. can have a whole podcast on key changes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I kind of think about that. I was not expecting that curveball. It's a great question. I, yeah, I just, it's not coming to me right now. The, the, I feel like I always think of like one specific song that has a key change, uh, Matchbox 20 Cold. And I don't know why, like anytime that key change happens at the end of the song, I just feel it like in my soul. It feels so good. Mm-hmm. But I was just curious if you guys had that experience with any other songs. You know, one that comes, it comes to mind now is a recent song that I, I, I really enjoy is uh waving through a window from dear evan hansen where's that it's right at the end the, he, that last chorus that he sings it goes up yeah. yeah it hits he does the chorus one more time in a higher key and it just it, the whole song kind of like because it stops just before that happens there's like a the music kind of stops he stops singing for like just a breath and then boom he does it oh, again in a higher yeah i know key. what part you're thinking of yeah it was it. What, that's what busts that song wide open so Okay, I came up with one. Yeah, Kyle, are you familiar with that song? I, I, uh, no, but it, I, I'm not familiar with that. Maybe if I heard it, but I did think of a song <laughs> that does okay. have an amazing key change. And I hope it's not on any of your lists. Um, it's What It Takes by Aerosmith, which is interesting that it's not on my list because it's probably my favorite song of all time. But it's missing the power element of the ballad. But the, the thing about the key change for that song is that the key change happens when it gets to the chorus. So you're jamming along in the verse, you're in one key, and then the chorus, you move to another key, and then back to the verse, another key. And then I even think there's another key change that happens at the bridge at the end. So I'm, I think there might be two, three, or four different key changes that happen in that song. Yeah, Elton John does that a lot. Like, if you hear a song like Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, like, the... the I've sat down and like, I'm going to try and play this on the piano and follow the, like the chords along. And it's like, Oh shit, this is complicated because like the whole, the chorus is like in a completely different creature from the verses. He's really good at that. Um, where did we leave? So Kyle, was that what your number two? When I see you smile. Was number two. That was my number two. Yeah. Okay. So that, okay. so it's your turn. Okay. So perfect segue as my number two song. This is a song that, I used to beg Kyle to sit at the piano and play for me <laughs> constantly, and I'd want to sing along to it. It was What It Takes by Aerosmith. Okay. <laughs> so that was the first thing. <laughs>
Yeah, this song, oh God, I don't, I, I mean, all my, my reasons are the same. It just feels good. It's, you know, got the great vocals, great lyrics. How do you not include Aerosmith um, in this list? Um, yeah. Yeah, Aerosmith is probably the only band that has like a big power ballad that survived the grunge era because I, I don't want to miss a thing is I think, you know, certainly a very good, it's not on my list, but it's a very good power ballad and it's from like, what, 98 or something? Somehow it like, it, it's, it, they put it in the time capsule or something and it came out later. But yeah, What It Takes is, uh, that's a great song and it's one that passed me by when I was younger. Like I felt like Aerosmith kind of like, they had like Walk This Way and Dude Looks Like a Lady and like that whole era and somehow I missed all the stuff in between. And then um, like Amazing and um, Crying came out a little later. And that's where I sort of picked back up with them again. But uh, yeah, so I don't think I knew that song until I met you. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. I mean, what it takes is so amazing. You know, this came at a time in Aerosmith's career where they were kind of on the on the comeback from, you know, being under for, they, they broke up. There was drug problems in the early 80s that came back. And, you know, What It Takes came off of, like, their second album from their comeback. And, I mean, it just hits the spot. And the, all of their stuff after that was, I mean, they always had, every Aerosmith album after 1987 had a power ballad or two on there. I mean, I don't want, I don't want to miss a thing as a great example, Doug, because it's not during this era. It, it was out of, you know, I think, yeah, 98. It was off of the Armageddon soundtrack. Um, great song. Uh, tough for me to make my the list of the top ones, but, I mean... Yes, I don't agree that um, what it takes is a power ballad, but if we were just making a list of best songs all time, it would probably be my favorite song. Wow. That's two that, that you, <laughs> you come up with, and Kyle's like, no, it's not a power ballad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to ask the audience. Does it qualify? Yeah, I, I actually, th- I would have, I, I would bet money that you put that on your list. I think it's got enough of kind of a good, like, stomping beat to it that it has some power to, to keep it on the list, so... Um, uh, so I, I think there's a fair case to be made for it. Uh, my number two is also one that's like, maybe you guys are going to question whether this counts, but I have Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler as my number two. I can do a total eclipse of the heart. 
I wanted to have one by a girl. Sure. I just kind of round out the list, but also like that's a great song, and I and it's written by Jim Steinman, who did all of Meatloaf stuff. There was I in my research, there was a lot of like bickering over like did he write it for her? Did he write it for Meatloaf? And like they were both really possessive of it in some weird way, but obviously she got the song and she gets the the giant number one hit mm-hmm. with it. Um, it just has so many great elements, and, and it like the others, like it has that it just kind of builds and builds and builds and then it explodes into the chorus. So um, yeah, that's that's my pick. Total Eclipse of the Heart. That's a good choice, Doug. I mean, it's got such a powerful chorus. Even just the vocals alone makes it worth worthy of a power ballad. On my you know, in my eyes. That sandpaper vocal of hers mm-hmm. that she does, like it's impressive. Like I can't imagine how she sings some of this stuff. It's like because it sounds like she's gargling razor blades with her voice. Like it's so raspy, but it works. So that's it. There yeah, you go. There you uh, go. That takes us to our number one picks. Kyle, what is your number one power ballad? Yeah. So I don't know that. I mean, this is definitely a power ballad. There's no question about that. I don't know that the world would agree with me, but hey, this is my my top five lists um, by. My favorite band besides the Beatles, um, which is Aerosmith. Um, again, they are the masters of doing these type of ballads. Um, it doesn't hurt that I just saw them play three or four months ago, and I was very shocked to to hear them play the song uh, "Angel" off a of permanent vacation. song kicks in at the beginning it's got these this drum fill and then it kicks into like an instrumental chorus that's just the power so for the first 10 20 seconds of the song you're just you know immensed in just power and then it breaks right down to steven tyler's voice you know with the piano and it gets really quiet this song checks off everything on my list it's got the sentiment the slow um, it's got that strong, powerful chorus with the pre-chorus, the quiet verse, amazing guitar solo by Joe Perry. Um, it even has a string part at the end, which they somehow pulled it off when I saw them play this live a few months back with the whole string section. Um, but yeah, Angel, probably not my favorite song of all time, but I'm going to call it my favorite power ballad of all time. Interesting. Well, I figured there would be an Aerosmith song on your list. Do you know this one? I know this one, yeah. Okay. I don't know this song at all, I have to admit. I, I'm looking forward to finding it, to, to put it into the mix. When you said, when you're starting to build to it, like, it's an Aerosmith song, it's a power ballad, it's number one. I thought you were going to say Dream On, 
And I considered putting that one on my list too, but it was like, well, is it, does it count? It's like, it's from the, the 70s. It's not, it doesn't have some of the, like the glam that you might associate with, with this genre. Um, so I ended up not picking it, although it does, you know, it still kind of has the DNA of a power ballad to some degree. So I don't know that, um, yeah, does, does Dream On count? I think it's a tough one because it has most of the elements. It's got the the quiet verse, the big chorus. To me, it doesn't cross off quite all the boxes because he's singing about dreaming and making your dreams come true. He's not necessarily singing a ballad about another person. Um, but, you know, we all take power ballads for, I guess we, we have our own definitions. But, I mean, Dream On's an amazing song. It's an amazing ballad. Um, not quite on my list, though. Amy, your number one power ballad. Number one. I, I'm actually surprised that this band didn't show up on Kyle's list. I, I bet I know what it is. I bet right. I can do guess. You, okay. Do you want me to... Go ahead. Why don't you guess what it is? Because I, I thought... When we thought about doing this list, this is the song that popped in my mind that I thought that would be your favorite. And I think it totally counts. So if I'm... If this isn't the one, then this is one of the ones that made my top ten that it didn't make the top five. Um, and it's Skid Row, I Remember You. A hundred percent. a list of like best songs from that era this would be there so yeah it's such a good song such a good song oh god such a good singer Uh, i just yeah i I just go ahead it just ticks all the boxes like the scream i mean how do you sing like that have you ever done the song karaoke it's freaking impossible have have i ever seen you do karaoke for this song i feel like i have (laughs) i'm sure i've tried it and like given up halfway or just walked away pissed because I can't even get close. <laughs> it's hard to sing, for sure. <laughs> this is a very hard song. I don't think I've heard anyone else ever try this song. And like, Oh, no. You know who sings it? I believe it's a Carrie Underwood version, and she nails it. What? Really? I, look I mean, that I have up. nothing against Carrie Underwood. It's just you can't match that the vocals, the original vocals. I do think there's something to that, like, 
and it all kind of goes back to like Robert Plant and um, Roger Daltrey, that kind of raspy, higher pitched rock vocal, uh, which Sebastian Bach is like he's in the the family. Uh, that that hair metal vocal, it just feels like it fits the song, it fits the genre. Like, and, and I know again, no knock on Carrie Underwood and her talent. It just, I, oh, I don't think that quite I think I might have fits hit. the uh, the bill. All right, so I think that takes me to my number one, and I also went with Guns N' Roses, uh, and I picked November Rain. I couldn't think of a song that was like bigger and did more, and it has all these different parts to it, sort of like uh, the Beatles' uh, "Day in the Life." Uh, it just it it's soaring, it's epic. The video is pretty epic, where he gets married and then his wife gets struck by lightning at the wedding reception. So it just kind of, just kind of does everything you'd want a power ballad to do, but then and kind of like doubles down on that. So that's why I picked it. I remember looking up like power ballads for research purposes and one of the articles was like this is the song november rain is the song if you're gonna pick a power ballad this is it so yeah i it's a great choice doug i mean it's not one of my favorite guns and roses songs um and it's not one of my favorite songs i I think it's kind of long um but it's a it's a great power ballad i mean the whole beginning there's so many guitar solos in there it starts off quiet the end is huge. It goes into this whole bridge ending outro thing. Um, I think the song's like nine minutes long. I mean, it's, and I don't even think there's a radio version. I feel like every time I hear it, I'm sitting there for nine minutes listening to the whole thing. It's a great choice. Yeah. It, I mean, it's one of those songs where like the band was at the height of their power and they had that clout to go like, no, no, we're going to write a nine minute song and you all are going to play it and it's going to be worth it. Even though everything else is like three minutes or less. Uh, there's been a handful of songs like that against Stairway to Heaven is an, like another example. It's about the same length where uh, the band just by sheer virtue of their, you know, their, their clout can pull that off. Uh, but yeah, I remember hearing this song. I think I heard it at summer camp when I was in between like fifth and sixth grade, somewhere around there. I remember being like up at this cabin and hearing 
Um, it was definitely one of the Use Your Illusion albums getting played a bunch. Along with uh, what's that song? You're unbelievable. That that was big at the time too. Those are the two songs like of that summer for me. Interesting enough about November Rain, it, it it was off of one of the Use Your Illusions, Doug, and I think it might have been the third or the fourth single. By the time this thing was released to MTV and the radio, it was actually 1992, where Nirvana was huge and Pearl Jam and you know Soundgarden and all that stuff. So it's it's odd that this song was able to sort of break through and have this huge impact on our culture. But somehow it did. Yeah, I mean, you can go back. We did an episode on grunge a few back, kind of talking about how it was this just immediate stake through the heart of all the you know hair metal and, and kind of the rock that was happening at the time. It just absolutely just changed the landscape of music in one fell swoop. But you're right. This song was kind of like Guns N' Roses was hanging in there and kind of going like, no, 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 we're still here and there's still a market for this. And uh, there, this kind of a song can still survive, and it obviously it did very well. So I think people remember this song pretty fondly, despite uh, being surrounded by the Pearl Jams of the world. So th- those are our those are our all fifteen picks, or I think there's some overlap there. So uh, I, I would love to know what you you think. Um, are there any honorable mentions we want to talk about before we bring this to a close? I, I had a song or two that were. I have like seven on my <laughs> Okay, you go, there you go. So yeah, now's a good time to talk about the stuff that we had on our, like our honorable mentions pile, the, the stuff we didn't put as our official top five, but maybe we're still worth mentioning. Uh, I, I'll throw it out to anybody who wants to just uh, bring up a song. I mean, I could just go through my entire list <laughs> and then we can go to Kyle's entire list. Sure. Okay. I put Eternal Flame. By the Bangles. By the Bangles. Okay. Yep. Yep. Speak if you want. I don't want to keep going. I have Miles Away. Um, oh, Miles here. Away, Amy. Yeah. I forgot about that song. That's a great one. Yeah. This is the one I kind of grappled with this one. I wasn't sure um, how far up it would went to. But I, I never listened to the song. I, I don't know. It just it didn't make it on the top, the top five. I also had more than words on my list. Um, and that was like number six. And then I pushed it down. I, I decided it didn't belong. I'm going to talk about more for you. It looks like you were going to say something. Okay. Um, nothing compares to you. I don't know if that's a power ballad. The Sinead O'Connor Yeah. Prince and at the time, song. I, like, hated it. And now, like, I love that song. I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's a great song. I don't know that it... It never kind of ramps up. It kind of stays in the same place. Yeah. The whole song. But what? But the, but the, but the vocals, when she, when she goes into Nothing Compares to You for the chorus... Yeah, there's no distortion guitar. There's no I'll be there for you giant part, but her vocals are huge. Um, we'll get into some of that other kind of stuff on my list too, but I think it's a great choice, Amy. Yeah, I wonder if if uh, Sinead O'Connor had not recorded it and Prince himself had released the song. I didn't know song. he wrote it. He wrote it. Yeah, it's a Prince song. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's one of those songs that uh, like Bruce Springsteen wrote Because the Night, but everyone knows the Patti Smith oh, yeah. version of it. I wonder if Prince had really done it himself, if it would have fit the definition, if he would have added some of that stuff in. I have no idea, but yeah, it's, it's still a cool song. It's worth talking about for sure. Okay, got it. I have right here waiting. <laughs> Is that a power ballad? I think that's a, I don't know. That's a, a ballad. ballad it's a sure. ballad ballad. It's, but it's from a rock singer, so in my world, it's a power ballad. Um, I feel like this next one is on Kyle's list, but maybe I'm wrong. Love Song by Tesla. 
I love that song. I didn't put it on there. Uh, I, I don't really know why. Maybe there's not a lot of power in the chorus. I feel like the power in that comes in the solo later, but great song. Great no song. doubt. Great. Like, that's just the melody, the starting out melody and like the guitar at the very beginning. And it kind of goes for a while too. It's like a one minute long intro, isn't it? With just like guitar. Oh, so good. You know, it's, uh, an, it's actually an epic song to where no... It's an epic song to where no part ever repeats. It goes for this intro, and then a verse, and then a chorus, and then a guitar solo, and then another different kind of chorus. It's it's a whole epic adventure. Love that song. Such a good song. Um, Listen to Your Heart slash It Must Have Been Love by Roxette. Both of those fit. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Good songs. And then this last one, um, the Celine Dion version of It's All Coming Back to Me Now. I know that the real, like, most people like the Meatloaf version, but, like, I love the Celine version. They both qualify. I think yeah. it's the, the, the same song with roughly similar productions. So uh, you can't go wrong with either one of them for picking a, a great power it's, ballad. For me, like, so much of what I choose is based on, like, how the vocal resonate with me. Um, so a lot of these choices are just, like, I find the, the vocal clarity is just so beautiful. Um, yeah, so that's my top. Right. Those are my honorables. Kyle, anyone you want to throw in there on the pile before we uh, we wrap it up? Sure, yeah. So there's definitely some that we've mentioned already. Listen to Your Heart by Roxette, definitely on my list. Um, I Remember You from Skid Row we already talked about. Um, Doug, at the beginning of this podcast, you I think you said this title, Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone by Cinderella. That's definitely on my list. Um, a few other ones um, that are on there... Um, so there's The Flame by Cheap Trick, which I absolutely love. It's such a melodic song. Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Star by Starship. Another really great melodic song, but doesn't quite check off the power. And it's actually a little upbeat. It almost feels like a mid-tempo ballad. So, so that didn't make my top five. And then I had one on here, which is probably the only song that we're going to mention that's from this century. Um, this song is actually in the last probably 10 or 12 years and it's someone like you by Adele and it doesn't have that strong you know distortion guitar chorus but when she belts out never mind I find someone like you in the chorus I mean I I feel that with my heart it's it's just huge but it didn't quite make the top five okay I feel like any song that Adele sings could be the best ballad of I, all time. I would be curious to hear what someone like you would sound like if you did add in that instrumentation mm-hmm. and, and do it with that kind of a vocal. Uh, I, I'd be, I'd, I'd listen to a cover of that song by Skid Row or whoever. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be interesting. <laughs> Hello by Adele is also another honorable mention too. I mean, it's same thing. Such a powerful song. Yeah. The structure of it is a power ballad structure. Even if again, yeah, the production is not. I, I did not make a long list of honorable mentions. I did. Uh, I threw out Dust in the Wind already as, as one I thought was pretty cool. The only one I wanted to mention is kind of a comedy choice, which is God Gave Rock and Roll to You by Wild Stallions, uh, because that is the song. It saves the world. Did you guys know that, that that's not an original? That's not a Kiss song either. It's from there's a it's a cover of a song from the 70s. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is I, Yeah, it's, so it's. In the movie, of course, it's Wild Stallions, Bill and Ted performing it. The sta- what you actually hear is Kiss, uh, their version of the song. But right, the original one, which I only found out by researching it for, for today, was by a band called Argent, um, A-R-G-E-N-T. And it's from, yeah, I think the mid to late 70s. Uh, but yeah, I thought it would be worth at least mentioning God Gave Rock and Roll to you for that I, reason. I feel like 
God, there's got to be like another kiss. I'm looking at my yes. phone. Yes, For, forever, forever. Yes, I feel like that would be on my honorable mentions list. I can't believe I didn't think of it. Yeah, they must Can have you remind me how that goes? <laughs> like, I can't remember it. I've got to tell you what I'm feeling inside. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Did not cross my mind. Cool. Well, I'm really glad uh, you guys made time to do this today. This was so much fun uh, to revisit these songs and this era. Uh, and I'm sure everybody listening has got their own list. So um, if you have feedback, you want to send us uh, your picks for your top power ballads, Send them to at NostalgiumPod on Twitter, or you can find us on Instagram and message us there. Those are our two places. Um, once again, I've recorded two episodes real close together, and I'm not sure which one is coming out first. So either you just heard our episode about Final Fantasy VI or about to hear that episode. Uh, and then I've got a few irons in the fire for things we're going to do coming up next. Uh, Animaniacs is in the mix. Gremlins is in the mix. Uh, so a few things coming down the pike that will definitely be fun. So... Um, any last words, Amy and Kyle? Yeah, for me, this was just such a, a fun way to explore this topic because like I shared earlier, like we would make top lit, like top hundred countdown lists like all the time. And it was just such a part of our childhood. And now, even now I'm sure Kyle makes lists on top, top 10 lists of things. And, and I do always. Um, so yeah, just a fun fun topic, fun way to explore these songs. So thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, Doug, I really appreciate you having us on here. <clears throat> it brings back so many memories just thinking about, you know, like Heaven by Warrant and some of these songs that we listened to growing up, Amy and I, and so many good memories and really great music. I mean, it's hard to believe that pretty much the world forgot about these songs in the 90s. I mean, they were pretty much... By 1992, you wouldn't hear, you know, Heaven by Warrant on the radio. So it's great to bring it back. And I hope that everyone out there listening could go out there and find their favorite power ballad. Cool. Well, uh, thanks again, guys. Of course, <laughs> you don't have to say thank you for the opportunity. You're a family. You're always welcome <laughs> on this podcast. So uh, until next time, that is one more entry in the Nostalgia Arcana. We've been to the future. We've been all around the afterlife. You know, Ted, the best place to be is here. The best time to be is now. And all we can say is, let's rock!